Hey everybody, Craig Shop here with the Ohioan Podcast, and I have a few Ohioan weekend reviews for you. Uh, this week I am looking at a couple of TV series, one that has uh, just ended a six-year run and one that uh, will hopefully go on a multi-year run uh, that you can currently watch on HBO. But first, let's start with Superstore. 113 episodes uh, my wife and I binge-watched over the last month and a half or so. Very entertaining show uh, all throughout. It's produced by America Ferreira, uh, stars her and Ben Feldman. Uh, very funny, good chemistry between those two as they kind of spark a love interest that will essentially last the entire series. Very fun supporting uh, roles. Uh, Lauren Ash as an assistant manager. Colton Dunn plays a, uh, a an employee of the store. Uh, Nico Santos is a very fun, uh, sh you know, smart, sharp-witted uh, comedian that uh, you know kind of works on the floor and is sort of the judgmental employee of all judgmental employees. Uh, but I think the real scene stealer in this show for me was Mark McKinney. Uh, many of you may not really know who. He is, but if you've ever seen the show Kids in the Hall, you will definitely know who Mark McKinney is. He is absolutely hilarious, stealing the show episode after episode as Glenn, the uh, store manager of uh, Cloud Nine, the uh, big box store that mimics uh, Walmart and Target and all those other, uh, you know, chain stores that you see across the country that sell anything from groceries to home goods to you know Bath and Body all that kind of good stuff. But this show really does have a fun, you know, lightheartedness, but also um, it's it's got a little bit of a mature audience rating uh, to, to some degree. Even though it was on NBC, they did have a lot of bleep moments where people were saying curse words and obviously they were bleeped. Uh, but it, it really kind of made me uh, feel like it was more than just your sort of normal sitcom. It was uh, produced by Ruben Fleischer, uh, who some of you may know from the um, Zombieland series, you know, movies, also Deadpool, and it really has sort of that kind of vibe to it a little bit. Obviously, it's a little scaled back uh, from our rating as it is, you know, it was a, a, a show that was on NBC, but I can see, you know, after watching it, I, I really didn't get into it when it first came out on network television, but uh, slowly but Surely, you know, my wife and I saw it on Peacock and thought, let's go ahead and uh, take a look at this. And it was a, a very fun ride for 113 episodes, a lot of downs. You see the uh, the cast of characters going through not just the day-to-day -day mundane things, but also, you know, serious issues like unionizing and being replaced by robots and, you know, not having an, a, a certain the future maybe and especially you know the the issues with pay and how much money people should be making at these jobs uh in uh, more insightful than it probably needed to be as uh, being a 30-minute sitcom uh you know i know we uh, just uh, talked about uh, the last time we were on about mr mayor the uh, ted danzen led sitcom where he plays the mayor of los angeles and it, it's the type of show you know nbc's had a lot of success you know, doing shows like Superstore, where they're workplace comedies, whether it's The Office or, you know, something like that. Parks and Recreation comes to mind. Brooklyn Nine-Nine as a police comedy. Uh, and Superstore is certainly uh, a very underrated and, and really among the best, I think, of some of their workplace comedies. They really, uh, you know, through their six seasons, it never really got stale to me. Uh, I think they ended it on a nice, fun note. Uh, 
probably could have gone another season or two if they really wanted to, especially with COVID. You know, the final season is very COVID-centric. It obviously started, you know, they were filming the final season during the midst of COVID when they were able to get back at it. And, you know, the the final season definitely depicts that, uh, you know, COVID mentality and how things were happening. But it actually kind of worked out pretty well, I think, uh, you know, talking about how people had to, you know, wipe down everything and disinfect and clean and wear masks and social distance all while working at this store. Uh, it really kind of had an interesting twist to the uh, end of the series, um, but uh, definitely highly recommend Superstore. It's a lot of fun. It's it's not perfect. It does have its faults, but for me, uh, Superstore gets a three stars out of four. Very funny show. Uh, so, something, you know, something that you could probably watch intently and not do anything, or maybe it's something that you could do while you're you know, talk, you know, while you're, you know, doing laundry or something where it's on in the background, things like that. It really does hold your attention, though, when you watch it, even for all 113 episodes. But definitely very many, you know, laugh out loud moments from the cast. But I think Mark McKinney steals the show quite often as the manager, Glenn. So definitely recommend Superstore. You can watch on either Peacock or you can also watch on Hulu as well. So definitely recommend checking Superstore out. So we go from a show that's just ending to a show that's essentially just beginning. Last year, a uh, really breakout hit for me, an unknown relatively, was Betty, the HBO original series. It's a Friday night uh, show, so it's not it doesn't get the, this, the prime time Sunday night slot, but it gets the Friday night slot. And I think it's a perfect little blend of comedy, drama, Mostly comedy, but uh, you know, certainly, it's a, a a show about empowering women who are, you know, on the skateboard scene in New York City and trying to navigate through their lives uh, in a predominantly male-oriented world, which is skateboarding. And you know, really, the show features some fun performances. Nina Moran is hilarious as Kurt. Uh, Rachel Binberg is very good as Camille. Uh, Ajon Russell as Indigo, uh, Dee Dee Lovelace as Janae. All the cast is universally very fun, and you, I think, you know, you you really reinvest into this character, these characters, into this, you know, uh, small understated series where they're only going with you know a few episodes, you know, a few episodes per season. But it really is worth its time, uh, you know, as these young women try, try to, you know, essentially assimilate to the world, you know, as they grow up and get older and, and, but they're still being themselves. And it really is a, a show that really highlights the, the beauty of empowering women to do what they want to do and to be what they want to be and to, and to understand that they really do not have any restrictions at all. This is a show that I think a lot of young women can watch and, and in men as well. But a lot of young women, I think, can watch this and take a lot out of it because of these women and how powerful their characters are. And, and you know, there are some serious aspects of this show that deal with sexual assault and, and things like that. But for the most part, it's it, it kind of becomes a little bit of a turf war where the women, you know, the young girls are, are feeling like they're maybe being excluded from op, you know opportunities to skate in the city and certain parks and things like that and clubs. And it really is a, you know, an empowering moment. There's a a, a a scene late in the a season of a bunch of girls getting together and having a skate, you know, kind of promoting that and, and making sure that women know that there is a, a great, you know, abundance of women who do skateboard 
and you can find them in New York City all over the place. And I think it was a really powerful scene that just showed me that they will not be silenced. These women will not be silenced and they will be able to to, to have their fun and do exactly what they want to do in a male normally what was predominantly considered a male dominated uh, sport, if you will, in skateboarding. So I definitely recommend Betty. The new season premieres uh, June 11th. uh, So if you have a chance to to watch it, obviously you can watch it on cable on HBO or next day on HBO max in the streaming app. I definitely recommend that. Now it, Kind of a nice transition here. I'm going to talk uh, about HBO Max, give you my, my thoughts on it. One year into HBO Max, uh, it had its one-year anniversary on May 27th. I was one that's that signed up very quickly for HBO Max. I'd always, I was, in college, I'd had HBO, and I always enjoyed HBO shows and programming. It uh, wasn't always something that I had, though, because of finances. Sometimes you have the money, sometimes you don't for, for certain things like that. But, uh, you know, last year during COVID, a lot of people, a lot of things were shut down. So the idea was maybe to, to, to get a streaming app, you know, get a streaming service like that for the first time. And I did. And I've, I've enjoyed HBO Max, you know, since its inception last year. And I know a lot of people are, are kind of making the argument that it might be a little overpriced, but it's been the same price. HBO Max is the same price as it has always been as HBO, $15 a month. But... But certainly, it's it's of streaming service that really allows you to also under the HBO Max, you know, uh, properties. They were able to get you know Fresh Prince of Bel Air, Friends, Big Bang Theory, three really popular shows that will probably draw in audiences. But honestly. At the $15 price point, it's no different than essentially what Netflix's 4K version is, which I think is about $17 or $18. So realistically, you're you're paying a little bit more maybe because you're not getting as much content. But I've said this before on the podcast that sometimes less is more. Sometimes it's quality over quantity. Netflix is certainly going to give you a lot of quality while still having a little bit too much option maybe and sometimes it's a little bit watered down whereas hbo is going to give you a lot of really really good shows i mean george thomas and i have talked about mayor of east town uh we i've i've mentioned watchmen a few times uh i just uh, last, a couple of weeks ago we talked about the the show hacks on hbo max the hbo max original which i would say you could probably argue is maybe the best hbo max original programming that they've had obviously Mayor of Easttown is an HBO show, original show, but HBO Max had Hacks, and I think Hacks so far is a terrific show featuring Gene Smart. I think the pandemic really wrecked havoc on a lot of things that HBO was working on, so the HBO Max rollout might not have been as bountiful as it might have hoped it would have been on opening in that first year, but I think if you compare its opening to Paramount Plus or Peacock or even Disney Plus, I don't think you can really argue that HBO Max does not have a lot of content because they really do. And not only that, they have good quality content that they're bringing over, whether it's from their HBO library or some of the stuff that they're bringing in. And uh, even though they had maybe a softer opening than they wanted to, 
They had a softer opening than they wanted to. They have been able to rebound, and I think they're going to have a lot of shows and movies coming out in the near future that really will help build their brand as they try to be the main competitor to Netflix and Disney+. Plus. I think they already are, but I think they've, you know, people, if you look at the subscription models, it looks like Disney Plus is second right now behind the Netflix model, which just is a juggernaut that's been around for a while. But if you look at it, I think HBO Max just needs a little time to build the library. Now, now they're going to be Warner Brothers Discovery, um, and they're going to hopefully merge the libraries together, although that may not happen until sometime next year. So we may be a year away from seeing any kind of a content merger on HBO Max or Disney or Discovery Plus apps. But at this point, if you could add in some of those cooking channel shows like, you know, Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives and things like that, and some of the other stuff that you'll see from TLC and the, and the, the Discovery Plus app, I really think you're going to get an expanded library to go along with a lot of the other content that HBO Max already offers, which is generally pretty quality, you know, shows and programs and movies. Of course, right now, Warner Brothers is the direct uh release with it in theaters and at home and the same day uh with some of their movies like in the heights coming up here on june 11th right now um other other movies space jam coming on july so hbo max after its first year, maybe has had some sort of an uneven result. But at the end of the day, I truly believe that at, after the first year, they released a pandemic with a lot of shutdowns of production shows. I've been rebound and still have been able to now offer content. And it's only going to get deeper in their library because they're going to still have shows today. So, is going to continue to reach a broader audience. And one of the things that I really like about the HBO Max rollout is their partnership with Turner Classic Movies because I, there is not another streaming platform aside from the Criterion channel where you can watch classic historic movies such as Citizen Kane, a 2001 A Space Odyssey, Casablanca, the uh, 1933 version of King Kong. You know, those are movies that, generally speaking, are not available on streaming services, and yet you can find an entire library on HBO Max. So that's one of the things I think HBO Max really sets themselves apart is you know, catering to audience of all kinds, our film historians, film buffs, Falcon, you know, there are options right now on, um, you know, the HBO Max app, just you cannot find anywhere else. So I highly, highly recommend HBO Max. Obviously, uh, in June, they will be rolling out uh, this ad-supported uh, application where you can buy the HBO Max app with ads for about $10 a month. So it's a $5, uh, you know, $5 off. I would suggest going and sticking with the ad-free five dollars more but realistically you're still you know you're you're getting the quality 
content. If you pay for Netflix and you pay the 4K brand version, I you know if it's a money thing, I get that. But you know you're you're getting a quality library of programs, and it's not like HBO Max doesn't have a lot a large catalog selection. I mean, Netflix obviously has the large section of of shows, and movies. They've been doing it longer in this way, and they spend a lot more money than a lot of other streaming services. But HBO Max, really the only knock on them right now from my perspective is they don't have offerings in 4K right now the way um, Netflix does or Disney Plus has. Uh, Hulu has a little bit more selection. Right now, the only movies that you can see on in 4K on the HBO Max app actually come from new releases right now. The to watch me dead is a movie that you can stream in 4K. Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos sound. Um, so unfortunately, that's the one place where they've lagged behind. And that's, I think, where some people are on the sticking point of the price point, where you're paying $15 a month for only one or two 4K movies a month, and it's not going to cut it. Whereas Netflix and other places, you know, Disney Plus 4K all over the place uh, on their uh, their different selections. So once I think HBO Max, and I know that that was a big question, I think HBO Max could take some time. Uh, I wouldn't be considered, you know, cuts of like Game of Thrones, 4K, things like that. Uh, the newest, you know, I wouldn't show uh, off show of uh, Game of Thrones, which is slated back year. I wouldn't check if maybe you see something like that really start off the 4K trend. For I think it's coming. I think they 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 have to offer more 4K in this marketplace, and I think it's going to happen at some point. Maybe not this year. Maybe uh, they're going to leave do their 4K selection. There is no why they can really be a direct competitor with, with Netflix, especially this now that they may spend a little bit more money uh, than the digital content. They really could uh, get up Netflix. I don't know if anybody will ever get Netflix because Netflix has had a large 